Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, I got a little insight into how people use this podcast uh, today. Oh. I was talking to editor Sharon November earlier today, and she said that, well, I listen to your podcast, but I find the books that I like, and I just listen to those episodes. So she doesn't like, she's not a completist. We have some completists, I would say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, she, she dips, she dips in and out, which I thought was an interesting way of doing it. And then I haven't really determined where people listen to us. Are we, we're not, I think mom exercises to us, but I think. That's an I think I think people listen to us when they're commuting. Yeah, in the car. When they're in the car, Mm -hmm. going to or from work. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe uh, maybe on the walk. Right. Maybe we're good for a walk. The treadmill, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, treadmill. Mm Yeah. Um, I have been looking at the Instagram stats. Oh. Um, and it's interesting to see how popular we are in certain countries and certain cities. I understand we're popular in Australia, perhaps. Yeah. So like New York is like our main hub that makes sense that's where the publishing industry is followed by austin and then Uh, tla lots of teachers and librarians there maybe and then as far as countries u.s obviously followed Uh, by canada and then australia uk italy i know we have listeners in china um trying to make sense very big children's literature population our, our main age range is between 35 and 54 that's me predominantly women that's me <laughs> though we do have apparently 11 percent men so you go dudes what up guys hey how you boys. doing <laughs> how you uh, how you doing how you doing how you doing, <laughs> how you doing? well you know what happens next week kate what it's the time for the American Library Association Youth Media Awards, where uh, librarians come together and decide what the best picture books are for in terms of the Caldecott, and what the best writing is in terms of the Newbery, and what the best YA novels are. And, and we and would dress up and, and look like... Uh, no, that's the uh, ceremony. Uh, so later in June, uh, I mean, there's a big ceremony for the winners, but the announcement, the exciting... The exciting, exciting announcement. It is. It Why is a do week they from... wait like six months between the announcement and the ceremony? Well, they see they have to write a speech, and it takes a very long time to write a speech. But in any case, it's coming. It's so exciting. Anyone who has uh, a connection to American residency uh, can win. And so we're going to talk today about two contenders, two top contenders, I would say. Okay, last year you gave me the Dinosaur 8 Kids book. Yeah. And I really wanted that to win, and it didn't. And the year before, yeah. you gave me Crown, yeah. and that got close. Crown got super close. Crown and got more awards than anyone else. It but it did win. No, but it got like, literally got like seven awards. So I want And it got an honor and it got it for the Newbery too. So yeah, it it, really, it got close. I'm I'm counting that. I'm counting that one as a. But I want you to give me a book that I'm like, okay, this is going to win. This is the winner right here. So I could have done that, but (laughs) I was, I was very limited on time, but I may have, I may have the winner here. 
I, I, it, at the very least, I have the honors, possibly. I don't know. So I'm going to pull out book number one. Ready for this? Book number one. What is it? Stone Set Still. By Brendan Wenzel. Very nice. Could be Wenzel. We don't know. Other book. Going Down Home with Daddy. By Kelly Starling Lyons. Illustrated by Daniel Minter. Very good. So these are two, I would consider these two of the top books. I was going to do Saturday by Ogimora. And I was going to do uh, it's another book besides that, but they, they didn't come in in time. So we're going we're gonna to do these two books, which are also top contenders. Because honestly, any freaking book could win. But maybe it'll be these. I yeah, because last year it was a oh, book Yesterday, that... okay, last year I got shut out. <laughs> I didn't predict any of the calendar guys. Really. Nope. I didn't correct. None of the Newberries were predicting correctly. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with these people. So this year, I'm feeling very much. See this finger? See what uh, it's on? It's on the pulse, Kate. It's right. on the pulse. It's on your pulse. Well, my pulse is the pulse. <laughs> or at least it should be. Hey. Go read those books. While Kate does her read, I'm going to give you a little issue that surrounds the Caldecott Medal that's been coming up in the news quite a lot recently. You may be aware that in order to win a Caldecott Medal, the artist in question, because, of course, the Caldecott goes to the art, not the author, the artist must be American. Other countries need not apply, has to be American. So this has been contentious. The whole reason that it's the case is because the reason that the Caldecott was invented the same, was the same reason that the Newberry was invented. It was to highlight how great people were here in America because many of our children's books were being imported from places like England. And we wanted to show that, hey, we are capable of really great books ourselves. Well, I think we proved that. We're good to go. Um, and as it turns out, there's an amazing body of international work right now that gets very little appreciation here in the States. And one way that a book can get a lot of attention is through the Caldecott Medal. So two people have recently made this case. The first person is Leonard Marcus. He's sort of our scholar extraordinaire, let's say, of children's literature. And he wrote a piece in the New York Times called The Caldecott Medal Needs an International Makeover, in which he makes the very fair point that perhaps the time has come when we need to put aside uh, this old-fashioned idea of who is worthy of winning this award. As he says, quote, Now that our own pathfinding Caldecott and Newbery medals have long since fulfilled their original promise, why not reimagine them for the world we find ourselves in? Echoing that statement was an editorial in Hornbook Magazine by Martha Paravano. Uh, it was called Bordering on the Absurd, and it talks about the exact same thing. And as she says, at this point, the Caldecott's residency slash citizenship requirement borders, pun intended, on the absurd. And of course, everything I've said here replies to the Newbery Medal as well. Please, Alsk powers that be, reconsider this outdated, irrelevant, and punitive rule. We should be celebrating and recognizing the whole glorious world of children's books published in the United States in 2019, not an arbitrary and exclusionary subset. I couldn't have put it better myself. Hello, 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 hello. 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 So, hmm. I looked at two 
very beautiful books. They are so very pretty, are they not? Very much this so. Is, this is the award for the illustrations, after all, so I wasn't going to give you oogly books. So let's do Going Down Home with Daddy first. Okie dokie, yes. Um, the story of essentially a family reunion. Yeah, yeah, in the South, I think. Yeah. yeah. But it starts in the city. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really, I like, right off the page, I'm like, I love the mixed media. You've got watercolor mm-hmm. mixed with, like, pen, and you have, like, the use of different colors to, in some instances, it's to express, like, sadness versus enlightenment mm-hmm. versus warmth of family, like... It's, it's very beautiful, but immediately, so they're, they're in the car, they're on their way to this family reunion, and the main character is wearing this shirt that I want so bad. <laughs> I didn't ever notice it's, this. It's a blue shirt, and it's covered in ants. It is. It's ant outlines, though. Yeah, it's... In white. Yeah. Like, silhouetted ants. Except not black silhouettes. No, they're white and, and blue. And outlines, yeah. And I want this shirt, Betsy. I kind of now do, too. It's so cool. And I'm no cool. entomologist, but yeah, it's good. Also, I love the light of this. Like, you know when you've, like, left with your family and it's, like, before dawn and it's that pre-dawn light, but the sun is coming? Yeah, the... He the, captured that. The use of the... I don't know if that's watercolor or if that's colored pencil. I don't know, man. It's gorgeous. And then they get to what is their great-grandmother's house. Oh, is it? I thought it was their grandma's farm. Yeah, I thought so, too. But then it says, soon I'll get to see my great-grandma, Granny. So she's oh. called Granny, but it's her great-grandma. And oh. I'm like, honey, you do not look old enough to be a great-grandmother. No, she looks fantastic. She does. Wow. Okay. And she has these chickens that remind me of like very intricate easter eggs that is exactly what i thought the chickens are my favorite part of the entire book when i saw those chickens i was like i am in love this man does better chickens than anyone has ever done chickens before they're like slovakian eggs yes yeah 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 i know exactly what you mean so right so all the kids in the family have to present at the end of this reunion something to the great-grandmother some personal Thing. Right. Yeah. So what, like, one of the cousins is like, I'm gonna just show all the different ways that, um, it's grandma's, uh, granny's favorite color blue, and I'm gonna sing granny's favorite song, and I'm going to read, uh, Mother to Son by Langston Hughes. Well, the main character doesn't know what to do, and right. he's starting to stress out. Yep. Um. That would be me. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Luckily, his sister kind of saves him and is like, let's go on a tractor ride. Yeah. So the father takes him on his tractor ride. And this is the page where I was like, oh, cool. Because Mm -hmm. you get so many different mixed media types. You got the watercolor. You got the, the, it's not a pencil, but, or a pen. It's like the white pen showing the cotton across the fields. And Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. it's like the memory of cotton. It's kind of like layers on yeah. top of each other which i i yeah and i like the use of color because especially when mm-hmm. you know Lilan um is you know thinking of you know a pa your great-grandfather and and trying to think well what can i do and mm-hmm. and putting together the memories of that are in blue with the enlightenment that's in reds and oranges mm-hmm. And then you get to, okay, well, now we're going to start eating dinner. We're going to go to church. We're going to start having family time. And as it ends, you know, as it gets near to the end of the day, 
this is when all the kids start presenting their different things. Well, then after, you know, the poem is read, then Lil steps forward and is nervous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it says, you know, you that feeling when you're sick, not not like going to throw up sick or have a cold sick, but just like not. I don't want to be here. Not ready. Yeah. Not ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. All the time. Oh, so well, that's can, not good. So I, <laughs> so I can totally relate. All right, there we go. But comes through with like something that is both you know historical to the family, uh-huh. but personal and unique. And again, with the mixed media of like the watercolor and the paint dripping and the pencil and the it, it's the layout of the images is so impressive. Yes. Yes. But it, I really like the way it ends because um, Granny really appreciates, you know, what Lil Allen did. Mm-hmm. Daddy flashes a thumbs up and it says, I grin up at the moon. It glows back at me. We're a mighty family, Daddy booms. <laughs> mighty, we roar back. And I just got chills. Yeah. Like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, at the mighty. Yeah. I, I just it's like. a good choice of word. Yes. I agree. I like that. And so it's the end of the night. They're all saying their goodbyes, thinking about the next year. But I really like on the last page that the matriarch of the family is wearing this dress that has no end. And it has this tree mm-hmm. showing both the roots and the, the branches, branches. Yep. With the Fabergé eggs. Chickens. I've been having a double time figuring out what they call those eggs, too. But yeah, those amazingly elaborate chickens right yeah i would agree yeah anyway so i i thought this was very i I like the story but i also thought this was very beautiful to look at i agree and so i made a mistake uh on my blog when i was talking about this book and i said oh isn't it amazing this is is daniel minter's first picture book it's amazing he he's really just come out swinging with this one and then someone was like uh, he's been making picture books for years. Uh, you just haven't been paying attention. I was <laughs> like, what? Clearly this person is wrong. And I looked online, oh no, he's been doing picture books for years, but they look very different from this one. And I was trying to figure out why this style is just so impressive. And he's also a fine artist. And I feel like until now, he has been holding himself back and doing what he thought a picture book should look like and not employing those fine art skills. And with this book and with another book that came out this year called The Women Who Caught the Babies, um, I think he's finally just decided to embrace that fine art part of himself and be like, why not? Just pour it all into a picture book. Just see what happens. And what happens is you get a gorgeous picture book out of it. Yep. And nicer than most that are out there. So, But yeah. it's got tough competition. It sure does. With a stone, that, a stone that set, a stone set still. It's hard to say. I don't like that title. Let's see if the, a stone set still, a sunset. Oh, it's hard to say. Right? Best. Yeah. That's that's not mm, a good that's, title. That's a point so against just it. Call it <laughs> just call it the stone. Yeah. 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 Because it's all about the stone. Yes, it, it is. It's still. But a stone set still. I'm not going to remember the name a stone set still. I'm not going to be able to say a stone set still. So it's just called the stone book. Yeah. How about the sitting stone? That's good. That actually would work. I like the sitting stone. I like that. 
But it sounds more lofty. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like an award winner if it's a stone sat still. Blah, blah, blah. I know, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. But there's so many good tattoos in here. Ooh. Oh, Show me gosh. all these tattoos of which you speak. I don't even know where to be. For, I mean, I mean yeah. the first one is the chipmunk. Oh, I love his chipmunk. Because it's the silhouette, but it's got these giant eyes. The eyes are so distinctive. He does eyes like nobody else. And then you have the collage owl. Yes! Which is so cool. But I think my favorite is the porcupine. Mm-hmm. Because Aww. he took individual pieces of paper to make the... How long would that even take? I just can't remember. A lot yeah. of these make me go, how long did that take? Like, yeah. the, the owl, too. You know, it's it's a collage as well. And it really is. The feathers. I can, and... I can attest, this isn't just, like, digital to look like cut paper. He really, he really does paste this paper down. Oh, yeah, because on yeah. some of these pages, I had to, like, put my finger on the page. Like, it's not actually sticking up from the page, right? <laughs> this isn't 3D, right? This is, <laughs> nope, okay, got cool. it. This is flat. Got yep, it. Yep, yep. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of good contenders for the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how the stone is different things as it relates to different animals. Right. It could be rough. It could be smooth if you're the porcupine. Mm-hmm. It could be a pebble if you're a moose. It right. could be a hill if you're an ant. Mm-hmm. So I like how it can be all these different things. It's all about perception, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's... One illustration. Do you call these illustrations? One, yeah, they're illustrations. One, Even if they're cut paper, they're still illustrations. Yeah. One picture, I guess. Sure. Spread. Yes. You can call it a spread. That is particularly my favorite. <laughs> okay. Now I don't know what these animals are. Um, groundhogs. They look like little field mice, but they're too roly poly. They're kind of like gerbil, like wild gerbils, but not right. quite. Yeah. So we have, let's call them gerbils for the sake of argument. call them gerbils. Yeah, they look very gerbilish. You have one gerbil. I call him Billy, (laughs) who looks terrified. And then you have Billy's brother that is looking at him like, um, Uh, what is going on with Billy? (laughs) No one is acknowledging this. No No one's paying attention to what's going on here. No. But I love this. Yeah. I kind of love it too. It's very awkward and it's just random. Yeah, I'm not leaving my home. I want to stay. In my home, if we're going to stay. So it goes on like the stone is all these different things. You know, mm-hmm. to a to a bobcat, it could be a throne, or to a goose up in the air, it could be a marker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or for, for this, I don't know what exactly. The, it, maybe it's a. Tick. Oh, is that one of those? No, have you ever seen these? Have you ever been outside and there are these like incredibly small little red bugs? They almost look like tiny red spiders, and they're 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 the smallest. They're like the point on a pen. I mean, they're Well, tiny. that's what it is. I think that's what that is. To, I don't know what they're called. They're calling it's saying this stone could be a maze because the slime <laughs> coming from a snail has like yeah. made a maze for this little red yep. creepy crawly Whatever thing. Whatever that those things are called. Yeah. If you know what those things are called, people, please uh email us at fusecade at gmail.com. Just put it on Instagram. Seriously, I will. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> So, right, so the stone can be all these things. And then it says the stone was an island and the stone was a wave. And then the next page, it's just ocean. Yeah, well, did you see it is underwater here? Yeah. 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 All of a sudden, it goes from being with grass and dirt Mm -hmm. to being in the ocean. Yes. All of a sudden, this book became about global warming and you didn't know about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yes. Guess. Now, I should say, he, he says that this book is about um, the, the tides at different times of year and how in the spring the, the water, because there was a pond near him and that the, the stone, because it's based on a stone I think he knows, the water will, will rise up and, and cover it at certain times of the year and other times but of the year. But this is the but Atlantic I, Ocean. <laughs> I would dis- yeah, I would disagree. I would agree with you. I would say this is actually a very subtle book about global warming, about perceptions and how it change and how the stone doesn't change, but the world around the stone changes. Yep. Yes, because of this. Yes, I and would agree with you. you and now frankly. you have the owl up in the sky and it says, and the stone was a memory. The stone always was. And you can kind of see the outline mm. of the stone in the water yep. with this really freaked out owl. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, did I, did I just make it up? Or was the stone real? Or was it not? I mean... Did I leave a gas on? <laughs> But then, I don't know, I'm not feeling the ending of, have you ever known such a place where with water, grass, and dirt, a stone sits still in the world, and then you have... This is interesting. Uh, Okay, you've just cleared up something for me. Uh, In the review of this, I think it was in Kirkus, they said there were three spreads too many in the book. And I think they're talking about these last three. And I... Yeah, I like seeing the stone underwater, but I yes. would agree with you. This is a little superfluous. I mean, you could have left it with a freaked out owl. You can't because of the page count. Um, you have to be uh, thirty-two well, then, or forty or well, forty-eight. Well, then add more things that the stone could be. Yeah, there or even just have silent spreads of it underwater. I think would be cool. Well, there there was already one. How yeah. many more can you actually? But do? like the animals and things that are interacting down there. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I do like I, what, I do like with the fish around the stone mm-hmm. now that it's underwater, but I, I just I didn't really like the yeah end. I agree with you. I agree I think that I think I don't think it sticks the landing the way it could, but I don't think that detracts from the beauty of the art, which right. is extraordinary. Right. Um, so now you have to pick. Oh, not yet, because I want to give one little more fact about this book. Oh. Uh, Brendan Wenzel uh, visited my library, and he learned he's. As you can tell, he likes doing images of nature. He learned about our peregrine falcons, which roost and and nest and raise their young on our library every year. So out of just the sheer goodness of his heart, he gave um, to Brian Wilson, one of my coworkers, an original piece of art of the peregrine falcons flying over the library. Wow. And so we have it hanging in the Evanston Public Library. If you'd ever like to see it, come to the children's room. We have a whole art area. Um, with, with original art on the walls, and you can see Brian even got a frame for it that matches the the orange like the yellowish orange of the of the claws of the falcons. Nice. Um, and you can see the cut paper. You can see the cut paper wow. style. It's very impressive. Cool. So yeah, there you go. And now I have to pick. Okay, so if I had to pick between going down home with Daddy and a stone set still for the the Caldecott proper. It's a tough call. Yeah. As we pointed out, there are three spreads too many in the Wenzel. And that, you know, when it comes down to those Caldecotts, that can sink you. Um, I think, now he wrote a a very similar book called uh, They All Saw a Cat, where it shows all these different animals and how they perceive a cat. Like a mouse sees it as a monster and a dog sees it as a fluffy little friend. You Mm -hmm. know, things like that. Um, And this is very much in the same vein, but I do think it is better in some ways except for those last three spreads whereas the minter book 
Now, it has the advantage of having a story story. I mean, like, right. with, with heart. Yes. And emotion. And I feel like... Gosh, I just feel like it's such an accomplished book. The design is so good. Like, where they've placed the text in each of the images mm -hmm. is so adeptly done. Um, I think... Uh, Kelly Starling Lyons' writing is the best it's ever been, and it just just complements it so well. So honestly, though I love the Wenzel desperately, I have to say that as a final product of everything coming together and sticking the landing, I gotta go with going down home with Daddy. I agree. Yeah, I really love collages, mm -hmm. um, and I can really appreciate them and the. I mean, I'm still going to get my tattoos from this book. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Well, but, I don't know. I wouldn't mind a chicken or two. Or that freaking ant shirt, man. <laughs> or the ant shirt. What that amazing. ant shirt. It's an amazing ant shirt. <laughs> but it's not my tattoo. Um, no, 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 no. But, yeah, no, I agree. As a whole, the going down home with Daddy, I think, is a better book with the story and mm -hmm. the images mm -hmm. and the mixed art. Um yeah, but it just, and I don't like the title, A Stone Sat Stone, just call it The Sitting Stone. See, yeah, that's, this is my problem with books where they think that they're going to win awards. They give them titles that nobody can remember. Um, so again, I actually don't remember. I can't remember well. Going Down Home with Daddy No, it's either. also not, it's not the most, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Neither of these Call have, it The Reunion. Call it. There was a book that came out called The Field. Uh, I think it was last year. No, two years ago. And we liked it a lot, but we were like, come on, man. It was about a soccer match in the mud. So we were like, football mud match. That is like a much better name. Football mud match. Yeah, you remember that. Not the field, which sounds like a John Grisham novel. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Beautiful books. Beautiful books. Yes. All right. Uh, well, we're just going to skip right into it. Grown-up things we like, friend. Uh, so for Christmas, I got a lot of games. Uh, good. We will play these. Yes. Well, you might not play this one. What? Because, Why? Well, I played it with our penguinologist, mm -hmm. and there's, it's Funko versus Harry Potter game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Funko, uh, dolls. They're like the bobblehead collectible. Yeah, but My they don't. My coworker collects Right, but they them, don't yeah. bobble. Yeah. They don't bobble, but they look like they should. Right. Right. So there's mini versions of Harry Potter characters. Yeah. Um, and there's four different games you can play within this, which mm -hmm. is great. It's got a two-sided board, which is cool, but there's a lot of rules per game, and so it takes a lot of time to figure it out, but once you do, it's very fun. Hmm. Um, it also helps that I won every time we played. So, <laughs> uh -huh. but, uh -huh. yeah, no, if you like Harry Potter, if you like... Funko um, dolls, which I don't own, but now no, I do. I. Yeah. Um, if you like strategy games and you're willing to take the time to learn the rules and there's four different games within one, highly recommend this. Excellent. Well, that's an excellent choice. So mine is a, well, it's a, it's a comic for adults. Uh, very much so. And the problem is I, I have it around my kids and they want to keep reading it. And then we get to inappropriate stuff. And I'm like, flipping pages, flipping pages. <laughs> um, it's called Long Story Short, 100 Classic Books in Three Panels. So it basically takes all these quote-unquote classics in adult literature and siphons, not siphons, but it, it, it makes condenses? them... Condenses? Condenses. Thank you. That's a word I never, ever <laughs> can think of off the top of my head. Condenses them down to just three comic strip panels. 
And so you've got, uh, well, and they tend to have a moral at the end. So at the end of the one for the lottery, it just says, let's all get together and kill Mrs. Hutchinson. <laughs> uh, for the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, it's, you can love someone and still be racist. <laughs> um, for E.B. White, or yeah, for Charlotte's Web by E.B. White, because they do have some children's things. It's, uh, writers make the best of friends and then they die. <laughs> and of course, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, don't eat meat. Uh, it doesn't always hit them out of the park. Uh, the Lolita one doesn't work all the way, I would say. But for the most part, they are very, very I like funny. the Charlotte's Web one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then they die. Um, they do The Hunger Games, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, Carrie, Twilight, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, of course, Moby Dick, because, you know, you gotta. Um, these are all by Lisa Brown, who does do children's books occasionally, but she also does adult, and she also does teen. Um, and we did one of her books on the podcast once. The Latka Who Couldn't Stop Screaming was illustrated by Lisa Brown. Oh. There you go. So ties it all together in nice. a neat little bow. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing if either one of these... I'm very much looking forward to seeing if either one of these... Are you going to be doing a live... I may do a live broadcast. I have not decided yet. It's probably not. <laughs> Maybe not this year because I haven't quite figured out the technology yet to do it. But, uh, but I will be watching the live stream feed very closely with everybody else. And, Ooh, uh, if, uh, if the going down home with daddy wins, mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a shirt with ants on it. Ooh, you should. It doesn't exist, but we I'm going to make wear, it exist. We could wear matching ones to the, to the ceremony. I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. Now we have a plan for an outfit. And if, uh, a stone set still. I'll drape myself in rocks. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> All right. With that plan in mind, I've been Bessie. Hi, Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our Funkoverse is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>